Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. And a good evening to you all. It is 11 p.m. straight up and pure gold is once again live on the air for this Tuesday night, November 15th, 2016. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything, but it's only going to talk about one thing tonight, and that's politics. My name is JB. <laughs> My co-host is DG. Sir, how are you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> the left wing alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. For the none of you who are out there listening, um, I'm not even going to give the call in information. I'm not going to do any of that. We're not going to do the usual, sir. PureGoPG.com. Let's get to the point, sir. Wait, actually, Let's, hold on. Yeah. You and I were having a conversation before. I know we're going to get into our, our only topic for the evening, but I just have to throw this out there. As I was setting up for the show, um, for the one of you out there listening, which would probably be my mom or maybe Angel from London Park, not really sure. Um, or Neil from Persephone, we're not sure. Anyway, um, formerly of Velcro. So I'm going through the episodes, right? And I realized that we did we celebrated 100 episodes on March 20th of 2012. We started on December 16th, 2010. So in about 16 months, we did 100 episodes. You're talking, um, what is it, four years and eight months later, and we still have not hit episode 200. That is unfathomable to me. In 16 months, we did 100 episodes. In about, what, 40, almost 60 months, we still haven't gotten to 100 episodes. That's only only PG, sir. Only we could do something so abominable. So true, and I think maybe we could touch upon that on Sunday when we do our live 200 show and talk about the ups and downs of PG since uh, – that might be our last in-person pure gold ever, so uh, we can yeah, definitely if, get to that. If we make it to 200 uh, this week, because that means we've got to do like four shows. <laughs> or three, or three. Or 12, who knows? I mean, considering the fact that we haven't done a show. Well, what, do you even remember the last time we did a show? I know we had, um, it was with Pete McCarthy. So we haven't done a show in three months. That's yeah, unbelievable. I mean, and again, we'll do another show this week, or two, or three, or twelve, just oh, to catch well, up. I mean, we don't even know. <laughs> but tonight, sir, I mean, we we have to get to the topic at hand because it's uh, 11:03, and uh, the children need to get to bed, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, uh, about, <laughs> about a week about a week ago, actually, at this time, the um, the history books were being written, as you will, for the United States of America. And I'm going to, you know, jump from place to place, but I'll tell you that. A week ago, I was actually in Disney with my daughter celebrating her eighth birthday. That was our our birthday gift to her, was to give her um, a trip to Disney, her second trip to Disney. Had a good time. And, um, sir, 
history was made on Tuesday night, November 8th, into probably Wednesday night, November 9th, when, um, yeah, when I say history has been made, I don't mean that Hillary Clinton became the President of the United States, but uh, a tycoon, if you will, a non-politician, Mr. Donald J. Trump, became the President of the United States. So let's take it right from the, the, the top and say this has to be the biggest upset in presidential history. Would you agree? Well, I'm not, I mean, I guess in the modern era, considering all the pundits and everybody basically guaranteeing a win for Hillary, I guess I would say it is history. But is, you, missed right? the most important, you missed the most important thing on Donald Trump's resume, sir. This man is, in fact, the first ever WWE Hall of Famer to become the president of the United States. Now, me personally, I always thought Hulk Hogan would do it. Um, uh, you know, it's just me. I never said it would be the Trumpinator, but um, continue, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. I mean, you're right. He's uh, the WWE Hall of Famer. He's uh, great. has great ties with Vince McMahon, and I know that the McMahon family did donate about $7 million towards his campaign. But, um, you know, we actually had a show in July or August where, um, you know, you basically fell asleep, and I, I did a show pretty much by myself with uh, our guests who – now escapes my mind. Do you remember the name? I'm sorry, say that again? I wasn't paying attention. Oh, as usual. I was saying that in July or <laughs> August, I did a show that you actually fell asleep for like the first 45 minutes, and I was actually talking oh, about... Oh, that was Nikki Boyer. Yeah, with Nikki, I actually did a show, and we actually got to talk about, you know, Donald Trump and uh, how just, you know, how he wasn't the uh, typical... How, uh, how, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, uh... He just wasn't the person that we thought could actually beat uh, Hillary Clinton. And I guess we underestimated him from the get-go because he actually he went guess? through what? Yeah, I mean, he went through, what, 17 different Republicans he just to win the nomination? He, well, he basically won a 17-man over-the-top battle royal to become right. the number one contender for the presidency <laughs> of the United States of America. <laughs> Let's put it that way, sir. He, he did, and he did, I mean... Exactly. The guy spoke his mind. I mean, I'm sorry. Every... What I meant yeah. was this. This is for Donald Trump, sir. High five. <laughs> but but Donald Trump, I mean, the, the non-politician, if you will, the anti-establishment, went shame through, on you. <laughs> went through the Republican Party and defeated the national, <laughs> the Dem- Democratic national uh, candidate Hillary Clinton with. Yeah, Hillary does make me sick, actually. But the, but the fact that that um, you know Donald Trump was able to um, you know basically put a plan together the past eighteen months and Have executed show some guts, guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was able to execute it quite flawlessly. What, I mean, what is the point? <laughs> the point is, Mike, is that Donald Trump unfiltered. <laughs>
the fact that Joe keeps on going is the fact that most of these clips actually fit what he's saying. And it's so perfect. <laughs> this is so pure gold. Oh, man, I think we can end the show right now. Uh, folks, we'll see you next week. <laughs>
electoral college votes in many states. I mean, the races were close, but he won almost. If you look at the map, most of it is red, and very few states are blue, you know, in the grand scheme of the 50 states, or what is it, uh, 57, I think, that Obama thinks we have. Um, But anyway, so Donald obviously got a lot of people behind him, and I think it's really more along the lines of, like you said, um, they didn't want business as usual and a politician as usual. I, although I do think Donald does speak out of both sides of his mouth, and, you know, he just clearly, he just sometimes doesn't think. I, I really do believe that President Trump is going to be different than candidate Trump. I think candidate Trump kind of just said whatever he wanted to, and you know, to get elected. All right, so he got elected. Now he's in. But what happens next? And, uh, you know, I mean, I know you and I are going to dive into that, but I just think that, where the nation is, with people rioting and going crazy, I just I don't understand it personally. I don't understand that aspect of it. You know, I do believe that a lot of people got Trump's message wrong. I think that you know this whole thing about he's racist and he hates Muslims and he hates Mexicans. I mean, the truth of the matter is, I watched the debate. I watched almost every minute of every debate, and the truth is. Sir, he never said that all Mexicans are rapists. He said that, you know, you the ones who, some of the ones who tend to come here, some of the ones, and then he went on to qualify and say that, you know, some of them are also hardworking, et cetera, et cetera, hardworking, good people. But the truth is, oh, he said some of them are rapists, some of them are murderers, some of the worst of the, those people, the Mexican people, you know, will come here, illegals will come here. and But we we also get some good ones too, so... You know, it, this message has been spread through liberal propaganda of he hates Muslims, he hates, um, you know, all Gans and all Mexicans, all Hispanic people are Mexicans. But I think that people really don't sit down, take the time, do their research. They just kind of listen to whatever is being force-fed to them, sir. Whatever the media says, that's what that's what really is. And it's turned into people riding left and right, going crazy, destroying things. Um, I've even seen ads on Craigslist that paying people to riot so that's a whole other story but sir uh, give me a take on all that i realize it's a lot but you know just uh let's just dive in on that well you touch on immigration and my i mean my basic take on immigration is very simple if you come here illegally then you, you don't belong here and you should be deported especially when i think about our parents and our generations you know before like my my grand my grandfather and my grandmother they came here legally. They they fought their way, you know, with you know what five dollars. Like the typical slogan is, you know, five dollars in their pocket, and they made a life out of it. So I I think about like our our ancestors, and I think about them doing it the hard way and the right way. And then I think about people coming here and the refugees and Hillary Clinton inviting everybody and anybody to come in and kind of making the United States unsafe in that regard. And I think about how unfair it was. If if our generations, our our family's generations, did it the right way, why all of a sudden are we going to allow illegal immigrants into our country, take our jobs away? And I really felt like that that's true. I mean, if they're illegals, they're not going about the right way, the right the right you know the through the right channels to get to become a citizen. Then why do they belong? Why do they deserve to belong to be here and take away the jobs of the people that actually fought and are actually citizens of the United States? Well, you know, it's it's an interesting point. I was talking to, um, you know, the missus, and she was telling me that, you know, she had a, uh, she's a friend who is not worried about getting deported and all this stuff, and, you know, that you can get fined if, uh, you know, you have an illegal person working for you. Well, my wife's point to her was, listen, 
um, these laws have been in the books for years. This has nothing to do with right. Donald Trump. But yet you want to make it seem like it's Trump. And I think that's the part that people really don't understand, and they really just don't – they don't get. They, they, they think that it's okay to do things illegally, and somehow, you know, we're supposed to be okay with that. We're supposed to be okay with every illegal person coming to this country. I mean, at the end of the day, they broke the law. You know, if you're illegal, you're breaking the law, regardless of what, whether you have family, whether you have friends, whether this is near and dear to you or not. At the end of the day – if you break the law, you know, you, you end up being punished for it, you know? Yep. And if you do things legally, which I get that it's not, um, it's not exactly, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's not exactly, you know, popular to do the right thing. I mean, if you, if you do things that are illegal and you come to this country illegally, eventually, or any country, I mean, countries have laws for a reason, to protect the people, to, you know, for, for you to have to do things the right way. My wife's family came here legally. You know, you were saying about your family coming here legally. Uh, my family doesn't count being Puerto Ricans. They already have, you know, citizenship here in the United States. Yep. But I know people, the vast majority of the Hispanics that I know came here legally, you know, from other countries. And then, you know, you break the law. Like uh, Big Bossman used to say, you do, the, you do the crime, you do the time. I mean, isn't, right. isn't that one of, his, one of his slogans? I mean, why is it that why is it that people want this country to let everybody in to have no problems, to have open borders. But what other country has open borders? I mean, I was reading a post. I don't know if this is a legitimate post, but, um, you know, my wife was telling me to become a citizen of Canada. It's actually really difficult. And you have to wait years and years and go through this insane process. But people just want to say, hey, let's all jump to Canada and, you know, get citizenship there because Donald Trump won the election. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, and just looking at it as an overview, too, I want to also mention and get your take on this is that, and I, I think you're going to probably jump down my throat when I say this, but, like, I think that Donald Trump, there was, I mean, there's no other reason other than that he felt like America, like he said, he wants to make America great again because he's very patriotic. I don't think he went to become the president because of the power and the greed, because I think the guy's a billionaire, and he's a very successful company. He used the laws of the United States to to his advantage, for example, like he um, didn't pay federal income tax because obviously he, he went by the rules of the United States and he didn't have to pay federal income tax. Or else if he did, he would have been fined, he would have been jailed, he would have been imprisoned, you know, things like that. So why else would the guy want to run for president other than the fact that he wants to help this country that he loves so much um, become great again? I, I don't think he went in it for the power and the glory because, let's face it, being the President of the United States, yeah, I guess at, um, as a whole seems like a great title to have, but I think it's probably one of the most stressful jobs, if not the most stressful job in the world, and there's no other reason why I don't think Trump decided to run other than the fact that he felt that this country is going to the toilet with the liberals. All right, but by default, wouldn't that then – so, all right, if you don't like that was advocate here, if you're going to say that Trump ran because he's so patriotic, then why did Hillary Clinton run to be president? Why do you think she ran? Yeah, I'm asking you. I'm not. I'm not saying. I want you to tell me because you're saying that Trump ran to be patriotic, et cetera, et cetera, because he thought the yeah. country was going to hell with liberals. I mean, Trump himself was pretty much liberal most of his life. Let's be real about that. And you know, second of all, you know, you gotta, you can't just look at one side of the equation. Why did Hillary run? If if Trump is so patriotic, why did Hillary run? Uh, I think uh, Hillary, being in politics all her life, saw an opportunity to become 
the, the the first female president of the United States. I think she did everything that she possibly could to get there, and she failed at the very end. But I don't think I don't think her motives were the same as Trump's motives. I think that she saw an opportunity to capitalize on what Obama had done. And again, when I say capitalize, I'm talking about as a liberal right now because I think that his his eight years have been probably one of the worst eight years in America's history in terms of creating more divide than a cohesive unit. Like the United States, I feel, is more divided now than it was eight years ago. And I think Obama and his administration is like hugely to blame for that. Nobody talks about these po- the police killings and all these uh, riots that have happened under Obama's administration. They talk about how how great it's been with Obama and Obamacare, and you look at stuff like that, and you and then you when you really look into the in, the details of it, Obamacare is a, a complete failure. And for her to think that she could just say Obamacare will continue and have the people that support Obama support her, I think she made a huge mistake there too. Well, I know Mike Francesa talked about this at length on his show, but he couldn't, Obama couldn't deliver his support to Hillary, you know, and I mean, we can get into another time about the hypocrisy of politics, but, you know, both sides of the, of the aisle, but at the end of the day, the people who supported Obama did not support Hillary, and I think really a lot of what you saw in this election was people voting for who they thought was the least terrible. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't think he's a good, I don't think he was a good candidate. I think he was a terrible candidate, as a matter of fact, and I don't necessarily think he'll be a great president per se, but as somebody who is very anti-Hillary, who doesn't like her policies, who doesn't like what she stands for or claims to stand for, um, you know, I picked the lesser of two evils. I I had someone I know, you know, make a comment to me that this day makes no sense. You know, I I was told about their personal views and being, you know, their political party and their political persuasion and they felt that Trump didn't represent their policies or politics, so they decided to vote for Hillary, even though Hillary supports things that this person is clearly against and Trump technically is in favor of, so he would be on that person's side. Um, I don't understand the logic behind it, other than, well, I hate Trump, and I think, you know, he just made these comments, and I'm not going to vote for him because he's a jerk. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to. Like, I don't think people necessarily voted along party lines. I think people said, you know what, the hell with this. I don't like Hillary. I'm going to vote for Trump. I don't like Trump. I'm going to vote for Hillary. Because clearly Hillary, less people voted in this election than the last two elections. And let me ask you this, sir. What, what, the problem, so many problems with politics, but I was thinking about this the other day. I'm not that I'm a Bernie Sanders fan because I'm not. But Bernie basically stuck it, you know, stuck with it, and he got hosed, and Hillary became the nominee, right, which, of course, Democrats lost. What would have happened, A, if Bernie had run against um, Trump as the challenger, as a Democratic challenger, and B, what would have happened if Bernie said, you know, I'm going to break away from the, Repub- from the Democratic Party, excuse me, and I'm going to run as an independent. What would have happened to this election? I still think that it would have, been a, it would have actually been closer than – than Hillary versus Trump, I think that Trump actually still would have won. I really think that what it came down to was that this, the last eight years, the working class, me and you included, felt like we were um, just not included in any of the Obama programs. I felt like the rich didn't care about what Obama was doing, but I think the, the, the lower class, the, the class that we feel like are not mooching off of the middle class, but just taking advantage of the middle class, I think that the middle class just had enough, and at that point, even Bernie—I don't think Bernie Sanders would have won the election, and, and maybe he'll win in four years if he runs against Trump. 
Um, but it, I, I just don't think that the middle class was – I think they were just tired of, of just everything that wasn't – you know, wasn't for them anymore because the middle class was being squeezed from both sides, and I think that they had enough. I mean, that's that's my the take on the, this whole election is that the middle class, the silent majority, just had enough. See, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. I think Bernie would have done a better uh, job than Hillary, and I think he may have won because all the millennials and those people who are so pro Bernie. The problem is, at the end of the day, for the Democrats is that people just didn't get out and vote for Hillary. People didn't like her, or they didn't think she was a good choice, or whatever the case is. And I think there's still a lot of anger over um, Bernie not being chosen. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, with with the media, with the WikiLeaks and all that sort of stuff, which I honestly don't even understand, I I don't get this whole thing. People basically take whatever the media says, you know, they they talk about all the terrible things that Trump said. Again, fair enough. He did say some terrible things. But you know who also terrible things? Hillary Clinton. You know, she called young black men super predators. And I remember this, you know, being old enough to know about it. When Bill was in office and there was all these different scandals going on, she basically was shaming these women and attacking these women over what they were accusing her husband of. But yeah, with the Trump stuff, it's like, yeah, let's accuse him. He did this. He did that. And it's like, well, you know, what he said 11 years ago, grabbing them by the beep, um, that's bad and that's evil and that's wrong, which of course you can't condone it. But at the same time, you know what what he said now, eleven years ago applies. What she said twenty years ago, thirty years ago, fifteen years ago, that doesn't apply. And that's what gets me about this whole situation is that people will just basically force fed whatever the media says. If the media says, you know, um, Trump said this, Trump is is a zombie, and Trump said he's going to eat your brains. People think, oh, my gosh, did you hear what Donald Trump said? He's going to eat my brains. And they just don't pay any sort of attention to what's actually going on. And they ignore all these things about Hillary. And it's just like, well, let's focus on this stuff with Trump. You know, Trump said this. What about the things that Hillary said? The terrible things she said and she's done in her career. So just wanted to throw that out there, sir. No, I agree with you. And you you hit upon some things that I want to touch upon now is that you talk about the WikiLeaks and um, even talk about those emails that – you know, supposedly she, I mean, she probably did erase six, over 600,000 emails. Um, and I think when it comes down to with me is that when you're talking about security of the United States and you're talking about the integrity of the president of the United States and you're talking about somebody that erases emails because they think that they're guilty, because let's face it, why would you erase that many emails if you didn't feel like you were guilty and you, this was going to hurt your chances for, for you know, a future office and eventually the president of the United States? So, Hold on a second. To talk about that real quick, what gets me about that whole email situation, and you know, what's worse, Trump not releasing his taxes or a presidential candidate deleting thousands of emails that contain, some of which contain classified information? I don't even understand how that's a topic of conversation. It makes no sense to me. Who cares about Donald Trump's taxes? Oh, no, but that's what's focused on his taxes. Um, and again, like like I've heard Mike say and other people, if he had been doing all this illegal shady stuff, he probably would have been in jail or he would have had to pay hefty fines, which, I mean, that's, that's not true. None of that stuff happened. So, you know, at the end of the day, he probably did it just to be a jerk and just to be stubborn. Like, yeah, well, you know, I don't have to show you anything, so I'm not going to. It's not a federal law that the presidential candidate has to show. And they're like, well, no one has ever done this. Well, I mean, this has been going on for, what, like 50 years? It's not like... Back in George Washington's day, he was not releasing his taxes, his tax returns to the American people. But talking about 
you know what you were saying, sir. I just I just don't understand it. I don't understand how people focus on these things. You know, with, with the emails, I watched, and I said this when I had the time. I watched the Senate hearings over and over and over again with my own ears. I saw with my own uh, with my own eyes. I saw with my own ears. I heard that, uh, James Comey, the director of the FBI, saying, you know, being admitting that she lied over and over and over again. Oh yeah, but we're not going to try her. Okay, whatever. Let's say you didn't find anything. What the hell was the point of then bringing it up again and saying, well, you know, in good conscience, I can't do this, and even though the Department of Justice doesn't recommend it, I'm going to go again and say this needs to be reopened because of some other emails, you know, the whole Wiener Gate situation. But then a couple of days later, ah, you know what, we were, we were, our initial um, finding was right, and we didn't find anything. What's the point of doing any of that? It doesn't even make sense. You're going to bring that up a second time just to say, hey, you know what, we were right the first time? And when, again, the FBI director himself is admitting that she lied repeatedly about her, you know, findings and what she did and why she did it. How is that stuff okay, sir? I don't get it. It's not okay. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that when I'm looking at a candidate for president of the United States and I see that somebody's lying blatantly, especially about national security and, and what she did and she tried to cover it up, and even though – they didn't, you know, they didn't decide to, to prosecute her, and I, you know, that. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, uh, you cut out. What were you saying? Oh, I was saying the fact that um, when we talk about security and the integrity of the president of the United States, again, uh, the presidency of the United States, and you talk about somebody that repeatedly lied to the FBI director uh, over and over again, and then the case was reopened again. The the thing that really um, kind of irks me is the fact that people are saying that the reason why she lost is because this this uh, investigation was reopened 11 days before the election. I, I think that um, I don't think that played a, a, a big factor in the overall outcome, did you? No, I, I think it's ridiculous to even, to even think that because it just reaffirmed what the FBI had already said which worked in her favor. So if anything, it just to me it made the FBI look ridiculous. I don't think it hurt Hillary at all. I think it made the FBI look incompetent, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. You, and you talk about, um, you know, I know I understand that you you, know, we, you and I both don't think that Donald Trump is the best Republican candidate, but I think it was right. time after – I really think after eight years of, of a left-wing liberal like Obama being so divisive and so, you know, basically dividing this country um, more than bringing the country together – I mean, let's look at uh, the topic of uh, pro-life versus pro-choice. I, I mean, even my priest, was it, three weeks ago, had an om- uh, his homily was basically about pro-life versus pro-choice and talking about how he basically said, I think word for word, he says, a vote for Hillary is a vote for evil, and, you know, we cannot vote for evil in, as the president of the United States. So I think the fact that Trump has talked about putting appointing uh, uh, justices that will support pro-life is a big plus for right. us. I mean, wouldn't you agree about that? Yeah, no, I do agree, and I think it's interesting. Your your priest actually said that he said that from the front, from the uh, from the pulpit. <laughs> he said that in front of everyone. He said a vote for Hillary is a vote for evil. Well, I'm just saying because you know that's a political statement, and really you're not. To keep your tax-exempt status at church, I mean, that's really not something he should be saying. Although I do agree, in essence, with it, with his, his general point. You know, I think that a lot of times people kind of, we make these issues black and white. And I mean, again, I do agree with, with his sentiment, but I'm just surprised he would make that statement. I know the Catholic Church is very anti-Hillary. 
um, mainly because of the whole pro-life situation. And, you know, Trump, of course, claiming to be pro-life. I'm not sure if he actually is. It actually reminds me of the last election. Well, Mitt Romney, who was a guy, and I still remember looking this up, who was pro-choice in Massachusetts as the governor, ran as a pro-life candidate. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think that these candidates just kind of say whatever to get elected. And now that Trump's elected, the big thing is what's he going to do? But, again, uh, getting back to your point, I do think there was a lot of anti-Hillary rhetoric and sentiment going on in a lot of different churches across America, which is interesting because the dichotomy of the flip side of that is most Hispanics and Democrats, who tend, uh, most Hispanics and blacks are Democrats, although they also tend to be very religious. You know, there's black Baptist churches and a lot of African-American people who are, who are Baptists, very religious people. Hispanics tend to be either Catholic or, you know, you know, Pentecostal, evangelical, whatever you want to call it, very religious people, and yet somehow they vote Catholic, uh, vote Catholic. Somehow they vote Democrat, which makes no sense. So you have your priest who's out there espousing, you know, conservative Christian values, uh, white guy, I'm sure, and then you have the flip side of that, where people who are very religious just kind of put their religion to the side and say, yeah, I'm going to vote for whoever's going to give me the most benefits or whoever doesn't hate Hispanics or, you know, whatever the case is. That, that's always fascinating to me, how the way people vote just sometimes makes no sense to me. Yeah, my priest not only was talking about just voting in general for Hillary and being the the wrong choice for America now, what he really was harping on was Planned Parenthood and how Obama right. really, you know, tried to solidify Planned Parenthood before he leaves office. But that the Planned Parenthood is where he was really focusing on. He wasn't really talking about pro-life versus pro-choice, but he was talking about how pro-Planned uh, Parenthood was just the um, – the exact opposite of what people thought it was is it's actually a very detriment to the uh, to the families as opposed to a a help. Right, and then you know, of course, my wife who is not necessarily anti-planned parent, of course, she, she is anti-abortion, but um, she's saying that they do a lot of good health screenings and things of that nature that women need, which is the argument for it that you know they do it for low-income people, et cetera, et cetera. But I've read and I've seen that there's thousands of other clinics all over the country, all over different states that do the same thing but aren't federally funded in, in the same sense as Planned Parenthood and, like, pushing abortion, which, again, is, you know, with those undercover videos and things like that. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, you see all these things in the media. You see all these things where people say, oh, well, you know, this is what's going on. And then you see the complete opposite with some other videos, and it's like people tend to believe whatever they're going to believe. And the whole idea of abortion, you know, what if, the real thing is to protect women against rape and, um, you know, uh, the unwanted pregnancy in that sense and, you know, life or death situations. From what I've read and all the statistics show, those life or death situations which tend to be the main thing that pro-choice people push, it's such an infinitesimal number that it's it's almost non-existent. It's, it's like point zero zero one two or whatever it is of all abortions, I mean, don't quote me on that, but when I read it, it was something ridiculously low, and it's like, but this is what they're hanging their hat on, say, well, you know, this is why we have to have it, you know, so, I mean, that's kind of uh, interesting, but, again, it's all about the numbers and the facts you read, like with the WikiLeaks, oh, well, it was the Russians, okay, really, like, is that an actual fact, that the Russians did this, okay, and then I remember the debates when they were asking Hillary questions, or Hillary, you know, you said this, Chris Wallace was asking her, I forget what the actual question was, but it was something like, you know, you said this, and, you know, how do you explain that? And she just kept going back to, well, the Russians did this and the Russians did that, and she did. And Chris Wallace even called her out, and she refused to answer the question. And people, but what people see is, oh, she's a woman, I have to rope her. Oh, she's 
is Democrat, I have to vote for her. She's not Trump, so I have to vote for her. And, you know, those people lost. And, you know, let's talk about the um, the riots real quick. So give me your take on that. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to touch upon that, and I want to touch upon something right after that. The, what gets me about the riots, I'll take a step back, is the fact that when, when Hillary lost this election, it was like almost like – I don't know how to explain it. It was also also a divide between men and women. I felt like all the women and all the people that had daughters were all devastated uh, that a woman was no longer going to be elected president of the United States and how this was going to be devastating to every single female the next day. How would I explain this to my to my uh, my daughter that uh, Donald right. Trump, a chauvinistic pig, won uh, the presidency over Hillary Clinton? I don't know how I'm going to be able to explain this, and you, you started you started hearing people talk about how devastating this was, and and you know to label Donald Trump a chauvinistic pig because of comments he's made, you know I guess in private somewhat, but also in public because it got out um, was just crazy, and then it turned into riots, and it turned out to for students to walk out of their classroom, and some of them couldn't even mentally focus anymore. All of a sudden, it was a, this huge excuse like I can't even think now because Donald Trump is the president and not Hillary, where Hillary Clinton was definitely the the greater of the two evils, if you will. And I, I, I hated the fact that people started saying, like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to tell my kids that now that Donald's the president of the United States. That is what really irked me. Let me ask you a question. Um, are you out of the doghouse for what happened? Because I know you were pretty much single-handedly blamed for um, the Donald Trump being president. So uh, tell us about that, because that, that, that's really what I want to know. We'll get back to what you just said in a second, but I was thinking about that before. You want to you hear I mean, about brainwashing? How did you explain it to your daughter? Were you, were you able to explain to your daughter about Let me tell you how this. the scum of the earth won the presidency? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. On Tuesday, when we got to Orlando, when we got to Florida, to Disney World, we spent the whole day in Magic Kingdom. And when we came home to the, when we came back to the hotel room, it was about 10:30, and uh, they were all tired. They went to sleep, but I couldn't fall asleep because I was watching history in the making as Donald Trump was just taking state after state. Once he took Florida, Ohio, I was like, "Wow, this this is actually going to happen." So I fell asleep at 12:30 because I was really beat that day. I woke up at three in the morning, and that was perfect timing to find out that he had won the presidency. So you know what? When um when I woke up in the morning, I told Andrew, I was like, "Do not be mad," and she's like, "What? He won?" <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, he won." So. You know what? I mean, this is how brainwashed uh, either at school or what Andrew might have been telling her. I hope this is not what Andrew would tell. But you know what? The first thing that Sabrina said to me in the morning when I told that Donald Trump was the president of the United States, you know what she said? What? This is this. You're gonna you're gonna be flabbergasted when you hear this. She said, "You know we're gonna all die now, right?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how brainwashed. The, the that left is the side greatest is. thing I've ever heard in my life. Because uh, apparently the left side, the, the liberals, Democrats have have told you know the entire world that Donald Trump is 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 war happy and he's now controlled the nuclear weapons and we're all going to die now because he's going to push the button and we're all going to be dead. I mean that's how bad it got to the point where people were saying that that's how bad Donald Trump is when he's going to be president. He's going to just you know go take us to nuclear war and the world's going to end. Oh, of course. I mean, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, that's pretty much what I've been expecting to happen this entire time, sir. <laughs> so so, you, that, so I mean, you, didn't, you didn't ask your wife um, anything about this, about this, this 
fraud, this farce that's being uh, perpetrated on, on your your child? Well, I told her. I was like, "Do you hear what Sabrina's saying?" I mean, it's it's. I was like, you know, you might call Donald Trump a chauvinistic pig, and whatnot, and that's because you know some things got out on his, you know, about him over the last what eleven years. This came out. Uh, this whole this whole Billy Bush thing was about eleven years ago. I think in two thousand five when yeah, he, when he yeah. had talked about grabbing um, the the magnet and all that stuff. <laughs> but but I was I was trying to tell yeah, Andrew. I was exactly. like, I was telling Andrew, so you're going to get upset about President Trump being elected, the, you know, the president, obviously, uh, because you, you you can't stand him because he's a chauvinistic pig, where you have somebody like Hillary Clinton who, you know, t- talks out of both sides of her mouth more than Donald Trump ever will, and talks about how, and she talk, you talk about integrity. I mean, the, the lady lied, she cheated, she stealed, you know, she did what exactly Eddie Guerrero would have done, who, by the way, passed yep. away, I think. In, two, in November, this past Monday, ago. I think. Yeah, on yeah, November 13th, right? Yeah, so yep. just the fact that she can't see past, you know, all she sees is Donald Trump is a chauvinistic pig that uh, shouldn't even have been able to run for the United States, where Hillary shouldn't have been able to run on her side because of all the things that she did. Of course, but nobody sees any of that. I want to read something no. to you real quick. So we're talking yeah. about... Um, you know, all this business and, and you know, kids. And so. this is, you're talking liberal. You talk about absolute just out-of-your-mind reactions to the presidency, what happened. This is Lena Dunham, who's an actress, and she's like a super lib, who, by the way, according to her own book, molested her own sister. But that's okay because she's a liberal. So anyway, um, she wrote here uh, at a certain point, she, you know, this is this is a little bit into the story. This is something that was posted online, which I thought was amazing. Somebody shared this with me, so I want to share this part with you. At a certain point, it became clear something had gone horribly wrong. Celebrants' faces turned. The modeling had been incorrect. Watching the numbers in Florida, I touched my face and realized I was crying. Can we please go home, I said to my boyfriend. I could tell he was having trouble breathing, and I could feel my chin breaking into hives. Another woman showed me her matching hive, hidden by fresh concealer. The heartache continues. At home, I got in the shower and began to cry even harder. My boyfriend, who had already wept, watched me as I mumbled incoherently, clutching myself. It wasn't supposed to go this way. It was supposed to be her job. She worked her whole life for the job. It's her job. This, This is what... It gets worse. So we wanted a female president. We wanted a guaranteed control over our own bodies. We wanted equal pay. That made us nasty. That made us targets. It is painful on a cellular level knowing that those men got what they wanted. Just as painful to know you were hated for daring to ask for what is yours. It's painful to know that white women, so unable to see the unity of female identity, so unable to look past our violent privilege, I don't even know what the hell that means, and so inoculated with hate for themselves, showed up at the polls, for him too. I just don't understand. She was crying. She was her boyfriend couldn't breathe. She was breaking out into hives. It was supposed. This is the part that gets me. It wasn't supposed to go this way. It was supposed to be her job. She worked her whole life for the job. It's her job. Are you kidding me? This is the type of liberal nonsense that we're raising in this society. You know, it's it's this whole idea of. You know, everybody gets a trophy and, you know, what I want. I, I should not be denied what I want. 
And if I want it, it's mine, and I'm going to take whatever I want and give me what I want, because if you don't give me what I want, you hate me and you scum and you should die in a horrible, you know, raging fire, you and your entire family. This is the type of whiny crybaby mentality that has been lifted up in these generations. It was supposed to be her job, really? It was supposed to be Hillary's job? First of all, Hillary's career as a politician is over. Let's be real about that. She is done. She is washed up, throw away the key, you know, flush that sucker down the toilet. But it was supposed to be her job, really? Are you kidding me? Then you have these fools who arrive and, you know, our democracy, this is one of the, not the founding principles per se, but this is, you know, a founding principle of democracy in the sense of, like, you get to vote, you have a choice, we have elections, you have the electoral college. And people are going to say the electoral college basically started because of slavery and because in the north they had way more actual, you know, citizens with voting rights. In the south they had more slaves, so they were given the whole two-fifths rule where, you know, the slaves, depending on how many you had, could count for a vote, to even things out. Otherwise, the North would win every election. Of course, this is before slavery. Uh, this is before um, the Civil War and slavery ended and everything like that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we have this system, and, and the idea of it really is to prevent voter fraud in a sense and to prevent one candidate from coming and charming people and just getting the vote. You know, in other countries, they have constituencies, and you win two-thirds of a constituency. It's not like every single country on the planet uses whoever wins the popular vote becomes the president. That's it. It's really a guard against being able to fraud and just scam your way into the presidency just by being more likable than the other person and getting more actual votes. Well, that's what I did understand. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if, I mean, the, like you said, that girl – basically was writing a, a, a an article basically that we were entitled to win the presidency of the United States and, and Hillary was entitled to win it because she was a female and that's how it was supposed to go. And then to have people, like we go back to the protesters, uh, say that, you know, we, not my president. I mean, who, in any other country, if you say that the person that was voted or was elected the, to the highest office of that country and to say that that person is not your leader and for you to, like, you know, curse him out, like, F Trump, F Trump, and not my president, for those people that feel that strongly about that he's not their president, then this is America. And, I, I mean, I hate to quote something so rhetorical, but it's love it or leave it, people. And the people that promised to leave and move to Canada, all those liberal celebrities, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg um, and, like, a list of yeah, others, yeah. Litany, yeah, those people should get out because – those are the people that, you know, brainwash the rest of us, uh, the rest of the liberals, the rest of the people in the United States. And I think that celebrities, Hillary did a bad job thinking that she could get celebrities like Jay-Z, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi, and, those, and get those millennial votes, where in fact that people were actually, actually felt that she was more of a sellout than Donald Trump. Do you see how many celebrities that Donald Trump had in the last couple months with him when he was campaigning? I don't think he had one celebrity campaign with him over the last three months. Of course not, because Hollywood is liberal. I know somebody who's got insider information on Hollywood, and this person was telling me that um, there's a group of conservative, you know, actors and actresses and whatnot. They meet in secret under the guise of some sort of fake charity that they created, because otherwise they'd be ostracized and blackballed. This is what happens in liberal Hollywood, sir. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, It's insane. So what do you – in terms of that, do you think that – um, well, no. 
I don't want to even talk about that one because we're, we well, only have like about <laughs> 13 minutes left. Go ahead. Hold on a second. So you were talking about this whole not my president thing. You know, speaking of that, I know a lot. I know a lot of conservatives and Republicans and whatever non-liberals said that about Obama that he was not their president. He, I can say this much for myself. I've never said he's not my president. I don't like him. I didn't vote for him. I would never vote for him. I don't like his policies. But it reminds me of something that I feel very strongly about. Um, and I remember when um, George Bush was president, and they were Hollywood celebrities, and Danny Glover was one of them. I think Sean Penn was another one, who basically had um, Hugo Chavez, who is now deceased, who was a dictator, not the president, a dictator in Venezuela, um, who came to a church in New York City and was literally ripping Bush to shreds and bashing him. See, I remember how angry that made me feel. And as a matter of fact, I refused to watch any movie with Sean Penn in it because I think he's such a liberal dirtbag, uh, you know, who should leave, who's friends with communists and dictators and things like that, but yet is going to – this is what gets me about liberals, not all, but some of them, where they'll – especially celebrities specifically, they'll defend, you know, dictators and they'll defend these people and have no problem with it in other countries. And, you know, they'll travel to countries, you know – in uh, you know the Arabic world or whatever Middle East, where they'll kill people, someone for being homosexual, they'll kill them for their life. So literally, throw them off a damn building. That's no, we're not going to complain about that. But yeah, we're going to complain about a bathroom law in North Carolina, the United States, and we're going to you know the NBA moving the All Star game because of the same thing. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But yet they'll go to these countries and they'll support these other places where literally you'll get killed because of your your preference, identity, whatever you want to call it. And that's okay, but here it's, it, I just can't deal with it. I mean, it's such hypocrisy on such a grand scale. But anyway, getting back to the whole not my president thing, I, I think it's stupid. It goes both ways. If the same thing that happened to George Bush had happened to Obama, I would have been just as furious. Because to me, regardless of what, at the end of the day, that's the president of the United States, and you don't disrespect them that way. You don't have somebody coming onto American soil to disrespect the president. To me, that's just beyond disgusting, and it's such a nasty, filthy horrific, atrocious, liberal thing, and I just don't understand people who follow this ideology, you know, and then people now want to get rid of the electoral college because Hillary lost. If Trump had won, uh, sorry, if Hillary had won, would they be riding in the streets? I don't think so. If Hillary had won, would we be having the same comment about the electoral college? Maybe, but it's just amazing. It's like you don't get what you want, so we have to ride and spin, and, and, you know, they're trying to lobby people to um, you know, the the electors, the actual people who are chosen as the electors to represent the vote in the electoral college, they're not, and I think in most of the states, they're not bound by any law to vote the way that the constituency, you know, the people voted and, and chose, but I think in 22 states, they, they're supposed to, or they're bound by law, whatever the case is, trying to get these people to change their votes and vote Hillary in to be the president and ignore the electoral college. I mean, this is unbelievable. So, and people ignore democracy. They hate democracy when it doesn't work for them. It's absolutely abominable. It really is. And you talk about the participatory, the participation awards, and like we feel like we have to be politically correct, and you know how uh, we we um, we feel like we have to be more sensitive. But when in actuality, is that I think we're we're doing a disservice to our this generation. I mean, you look at the millennials. And I, honestly, I can't stand most of the millennials these days because, again, they do feel like they're entitled. They're definitely liberals, and they just feel like that they're whatever, whatever's out there, it's it's for them for the taking. And they don't understand that you got to earn things and you got to do it the right way. I just feel like 
it's mine, you know, it's it's greed, and I think that when you when when you talk about greed, you talk about going, you're talking about end of times, sir. I mean, I I think about I go back to like <laughs> you're gonna laugh, but I think about you know when Moses went up on the mountain and uh, all the people oh, decided to revolt and they started to uh, worship the, the the golden calf. I mean, I think that's what we were headed towards, where people were going to become, you know, just disenfranchised with the United States and their policies and just become, like, whatever they wanted to do, they felt like they had a right to do. And I, I just think that it was time, after eight years of that, to finally put some some order in place. Because, I, I, I mean, I know you don't like Trump, but I think that he really wants to make a difference uh I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to make a big difference. But now that they control the Senate and the House, don't you think that now is the time to make changes for the right? It's interesting. Somebody made a comment. Um, and I'll keep their identity a secret, you know, for fear of retribution. But they basically yeah. said that it's funny how the Republicans have all this control, and yet then they have a Republican candidate in office who really is not a Republican. And it's like the one candidate they didn't want, which is interesting. And at the end of the day, we'll see Trump's real motivation. We'll see what kind of president he is. But, you know, what I find fascinating is that President Obama is not condemning the riots. And he hasn't said a word. He's been completely silent on it. Whereas if it was Hillary and it was the other way around where Hillary won and there were riots, he'd be the first one out there espousing his liberal ideology. Look, at the end of the day, we're going to find out what kind of President Trump is, good, bad, or ugly. And, you know, hopefully it will be good. Hopefully it'll be less bad than anything else, but we will see, sir. We, we will have to wait and see. Well, before we close out, the, one of the biggest things that he was talking about this whole time that he was running from a year and a half ago uh, was this whole, like, building a wall for Mexico and everything like that. Do you think that he actually goes through with it and decides to build a wall to prevent illegal uh, immigrants from Mexico to come through <laughs> the United States to the border? No, I don't think the wall's going to happen, sir, me personally. Really? So, yeah, so if, he, so if he doesn't build that wall, don't you think he becomes that typical politician that promises um, a bunch of stuff just to get elected? I mean, I think he's going to actually build the wall. Um, I I think he should build a wall solely around your house and just lock you in, but we'll, we'll find out then. That way we'll make sure that you all won't die. <coughs> well, sir, we, we were able to manage an hour of pure politics, and I don't think we've ever done that in the first 196 nope. shows. So, uh, quite impressive. He's so good. But we, we need to definitely do a show to catch up on everything else that happened since our last show in oh. August. We need to talk, We need to talk about the Mets. We need to talk about Neil Walker. We need to talk about WWE. We need to talk about oh, life baby. in general. Yeah, we need to talk about, uh, what is it, um, so about anything and everything that tells it like it is. Oh, wait, yeah, I'm maybe. sorry, sports life and everything in between. Oh, wait, uh, wait, what's our time right now? <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Like Joe said, this is the first time we've ever stuck to one topic for this long, and it was all election, all the time, PG style. Uh, thank you so much again. Check us out, com, and we will see you again at some point this week. We're just not sure when. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. Good night, folks. Make America great again.